Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Well, we have an important show for you today. I think this is on the mind of a lot of people who are invest and own companies are in the real estate business, really everyone around the world. And that is the coronavirus or COVID-19. You know, what is the impact of this on our economy and on commercial real estate? Look, this started in China and it spread to uh, South Korea, to Japan, now it's in Italy and Iran and other countries. You know, as of this taping, over 2,600 people have died. And, and obviously that's the worst part of this, right? The, the human toll. But on top of that, there's also an impact on our economy. You know, the stock market's already taken a hit. Uh, you know, the supply chain is taking a hit. We're already hearing it from, from our clients um, all, all around the country. Well, let's find out what the real toll is and what we might expect moving forward. Please welcome my first guest. It's Mitch Rochelle, and he's a partner with PwC, and he's joining us on video. Mitch, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, Mitch, I love the uh, books behind you. Obviously, that's why you're so smart. Yeah, all those books you've read. <laughs> I bought them all on eBay, Michael. They uh, they came as a package. You know, 500 books that had never been read. Still haven't been read. Uh, they look pretty red. All right, let's get to it, Mitch. I mean, is this how big is this? I mean, obviously, a lot of people are concerned about it. But when you look at it, there's a lot of people killed by in car accidents and and by the flu, but this seems to be also just having a bigger impact on the economy? So if you just look at the, the medical and human toll side of this and, and how quickly the coronavirus uh, has been spreading, you go back uh, several years ago to when the MERS virus outbreak uh, hit us, it was over 900 days before the first thousand cases were reported. If you look at the SARS virus, uh, that was about 100, um, and 40 some odd days before the first thousand cases. In the case of coronavirus, it was less than 50 days. So I think it's the speed at which this is spreading and the concern that the medical community around the planet can't catch up quick enough. The death toll is devastating. Uh, the spread of the contagion around the world uh, medically is horrifying. And I think that's the backdrop that's really beginning to disrupt commerce around the planet. The bigger question is, what could this do to the economy? And I think what's really has markets right now on tilt is that we don't know yet, right? So um, anecdotally, we could you know unpack a bunch of stories, but the fact of the matter is the true uh, economic impact of this contagion around the globe, I think has uh, the market and investors right now on tilt. Yeah, I mean, it shows you how connected really the entire world is now, right? I mean, you know, when there's a lot of people that, that aren't working in China, you know, they're making parts that, that we're using in other countries that we're using here. And it uh, can really Im impact the supply chain and really have a nice ripple or, or a bad ripple effect, right? Yeah, and, and I think that supply chain is something that's not well understood. So when you think about buying a completed product anywhere on the planet, 
you don't really think about what are the, all of the component parts and where they all come from and where they're assembled and then perhaps where they're reassembled. Uh, so something that is a motor that makes something go, whether it be in a car, whether it be in some sort of a machine, however sophisticated it is, could literally have hundreds if not thousands of parts. And those parts are sourced from around the planet and they can be assembled in any number of places. So that's one of the pieces of the equation. Take the phone that you probably have on your desk right there. There are hundreds if not thousands of parts that go into that and then think about the machines that are created to create those parts. Um, that is part of the global supply chain. So the glass may be domestically sourced, but the inner workings of the, the device that we've become um, reliant upon is manufactured or assembled uh, in China. So that's the way this all plays out. And companies, I think, are just beginning to figure out the impact of a closed plant on production and supply chain. Because for two years, we've been dealing with trade war, and that was just economic pain. That was tariffs. That was a changing cost profile. But at a price, the goods, the materials could get delivered. Here, they can't be delivered because the factory may not be open. Yeah. And there's a lot of these factories that uh, have been shut down, right? Yeah, and, and the Chinese government, and I'm not here to pass judgment on whether or not they did things right or they did things wrong. But the fact of the matter is, you know, at some point in January, they started shutting everything down. The biggest challenge around uh, the coronavirus is it hit and it became apparent that this was a problem right during Chinese New Year when, you know, a tremendous population of, of folks were on the move around the planet. We're talking about two, three hundred million uh, Chinese nationals um, and expats that are on the move around the planet, which the fear was how that could spread. So what the Chinese government did was just lock everything down, close the factories, close the stores, uh, quarantine people in place. And there, we're just starting to have factories back open again. But we don't really understand the longer term or medium term impact of that on production. And are some of the companies, Mitch, already that are going to be impacted by this supply chain slowdown, or some kind of companies already kind of spreading the news that, hey, this may bring down our uh, numbers in the next quarter or after that? So if, let's say you're talking about, uh, for example, a U.S. publicly traded company. Um, I f you're starting to see forward guidance um, and realize the timing wasn't great because right while uh, the beginnings of um, the understanding of what this could all mean was right during fourth quarter earnings season. So companies were beginning to report earnings as part of the earnings reporting process. You do offer forward guidance about uh, the quarters ahead. And I think they just started touching on that. You also have investors days for a lot of publicly traded companies. And I think during investor day, they're, they're getting a little bit more granular, getting a little bit more transparent about what this can all mean. And then at the same token, you have the Fed that has acknowledged that this could be something that slows down the global economy. But at this point, it's too soon to tell. The thing that's important is we're focusing on the U.S. economy. But you have to realize that China is the second largest economy in the world, and it is interconnected with all other economies. So there are places that we're not trading partners with, but the Chinese are. Uh, for example, you see cases in Iran. We obviously don't trade with Iran. We have sanctions you know, at the wazoo against Iran, but China trades with Iran. So that's why you see back and forth commerce and you're actually seeing cases in Iran. So the impact of this on the global economy, 
which was tenuous at best, right? Look at Japan right now, Japan's in recession. Uh, the UK dealing with Brexit is seeing a slower economy. Germany is still trying to get out from uh, the economic malaise that they're in. Then you layer on top of this a massive disruption in the world's second largest economy. I think the ripple effects are, the, are exactly what right now, as we speak, and I don't know when this is going to air, which is what has the market very, very concerned. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's understandable. So you have the supply chain issues, uh, but you also have an impact potentially on, on hotels, right, and airlines and, you know, the, just the travel industry overall, because that's a big part uh, of the world economy as well, yeah. right? Yeah, I, one, of my, one of my sons, sophomore in college, next week was supposed to go to Barcelona uh, with some of his friends for their spring break. Uh, last night, he made the decision, not us, but we obviously uh, were part of the decision-making process to not go because he was concerned because there is a story of uh, a hotel on lockdown in the Canary Islands. Uh, what really has started upsetting the market this week was the news of cases in Italy um, and how quickly the Italian government took some drastic measures to really uh, lock down major cities. Mm -hmm. uh, that was during the Carnival week, so they canceled Carnival celebrations. There's talk of the Japanese government potentially and the IOC uh, canceling the, the Summer Olympics this year. So when you hear measures that um, extreme, people in, in the world who really don't quite understand what the ramifications are, hear that and say, oh my gosh, this really could be worse than we ever thought. And that's what begins the process of layering a tremendous amount of uncertainty. The worst thing for economic expansion is uncertainty. Yeah. And we're talking about a serious thing here, but I got to pick up on that. You said your son decided not to go, and I thought it was real sweet to hear you say that you think you had something to do with that decision, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, yeah, Michael, you and I have similar age children, and I think you try to empower them to make uh, smart choices, which unfortunately they don't always do. But the fact of the matter is uh, he, he, he led with that decision. And when we started thinking about it, and here's the interesting thing about that, not to get overly transparent about what's going on in the Rochelle family, but <laughs> this is a reality. Let's say you're traveling on business, and I have some international travel coming up in the next couple of weeks, and you just get a cold or you know what could appear to be flu-like symptoms in the normal uh, course of you know being run down and jet lagged. Well, if you have a fever and you're trying to come leave a country, that country may say you're not leaving. And uh, I think that those are the kinds of stories when they start getting out there, it's really going to accelerate the 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 lack of travel. And so the airlines industry is impacted, the hotel industry is impacted. Um, conferences, major conferences are being canceled. Uh, you know, you talk about the Olympics, there was a conference in Barcelona that was canceled. I'm speaking at MIPAM and Con in two weeks. Uh, they made the decision to keep it on. But, you know, what are the impact on communities that rely on something of that scale when it's shut down? So these are all of the um, drivers of uh, economic uh, slowing that I think we're worried about uh, uh, hitting us in some quarter to follow. Yeah. And, you know, I had you on the show when we went over uh, Emerging Trends, uh, ULI Emerging Trends Report, PwC Report. And, you know, you talked about the economy's looking good, commercial real estate's looking good, uh, GDP growth was fine. Does this make you kind of stop and ponder uh, GDP expectations uh, moving forward? You know, it, it's a hard one to, to, really wrap my brains around. 
Right now, if you look at the incident rate in China, and this is uh, some news that I uh, picked up earlier today, it looks like it's slowing there, but it's picking up around the world. There's discussion that I've heard from, and I'm not a doctor, and I don't even play one on television, uh, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is um, there is a silver lining out there. They feel like when temperatures get warmer uh, and sort of flu season is over, uh, maybe this will reverse itself. Uh, you have the you know, World Health Organization and the Center for Disease Control in the United States um, trying feverishly to figure out ways to come up with vaccines. Um, but when the CDC came out uh, this week and said that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when this comes to the United States, I think those are the kinds of things that uh, start spooking people. And the reason why the real estate uh, and we were so optimistic in emerging trends is because the prospects for the industry really look good. The backdrop of the economy from GDP growth to employment growth continue to seem strong. We're in a low interest rate environment, yada, 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 all good things. But when you layer on top of it something that could chill all of that optimism, what happens is pessimism starts breathing pessimism. And I think it's uncertainty. So the best thing that could happen in this environment would obviously be the mortality rate takes a dramatic shift for the better uh, for humankind. But more importantly, more information becomes available. And once more information is available, markets like that. I'll go back to what happened on Monday of this week. Uh, and if this airs in two weeks, you'll have to use your imagination. But what happened on Monday is this week was when incidents started coming out in Italy and no one saw that coming. That's when the market slide uh, happened because markets, whether they be real estate capital markets or publicly traded equity markets or bond markets, do not like surprises. And I think we found ourselves with a surprise. And right now, the market's expecting that there's going to be another surprise. They just don't know what it is. Yeah. And when we talked about emerging trends, you said, hey, absent some um, extraordinary changes in the world uh, environment, things look good moving forward for commercial real estate. This could possibly be one of those items. So does it adjust your thinking for commercial real estate in 2020 or 2021 moving forward? Um, here's what I'll say. And uh, for those of you listening, watching the program, who've heard me speak on the road, uh, you've heard this before, but for the rest of the audience, I'll say it again, which is if you go back to the dawn of time and look at the two ways in which wealth has been accumulated on the planet, there's really only two ways. Uh, one is precious metals, and I'll come back to that in a second. The other is property. If you look at the precious metals basket, that is all investment um, categories that can be a trade can be settled in. So it's everything from stocks to bonds to currencies to precious metals to inventories, all of the trading assets. Two things happen in times of uncertainty. The first is within the trading asset basket, there's a flight to quality. So you see the 10 year treasury right now was at, uh, I think, hit a low of 1.31. Uh, 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 it ticked up a little bit. You saw a run up in gold. So that's exactly the flight to quality. But here's an important thing for real estate folks to remember. The other thing that happens in times of, um, of instability, whether it be geopolitical risk or something, uh, heaven forbid, like this, investors rotate out of the precious metals basket or the trading asset basket, and they rotate, rotate into real estate. So from a uh, investor perspective, believe it or not, times like this could yield more investors in real estate. Um, but the most important thing to real estate, obviously, is the underlying fundamentals. 
And if GDP does slow globally or in the United States, that could be, you know, a little wind out of the sails. But from an investor perspective, people don't run away from real estate in times like this. They actually run to it. Interesting. So there may be is just as many uh, buyers interested in investing in commercial real estate. But uh, if the economy does weaken some, well, obviously, like you told me before the interview, in one of those books, it says that the economy <laughs> impacts commercial real estate, right? Yeah, I think that was a James Patterson book that I pulled out at the time. But uh, we'll, we'll use our imagination, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's excellent. Well, Mitch, thanks for joining us. Great information as usual. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, stay with us. We're going to have more on the coronavirus and the impact on the economy and commercial real estate. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit BullRealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies. Incredible training for commercial agents. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. 